Okay. Don't listen to me, sis. Yep, I'm gonna take a second See, to get audios right. Smiling, but... at least I hope. Jess says, then I can give faces for realsies, British Angie. No so Angie face. Ah. And punchies for Okay, reals. let me get this out of the way first. <laughs> Without the A. So it's similar to John, but it's more like Joan. Yeah. Thank you. There we go. There he is. Jess says, now, look, it is apparently, not apparently, I slept in and Jess is reading me the riot act. So, rightfully so, but I don't know how good of an idea keeping TTS on for the... <laughs> For the interview, maybe, but we're gonna, <laughs> but we're gonna, we're gonna try it, all right? Roll with the punches. Yeah, that's right. Don't listen to me, says. He the man, oh man, I like full stack. Live already more than yesterday. Yep, yep, I agree. All right, uh, let me do. I'm gonna do a quick intro, and then we're just gonna get into it. Um, I do need to pause TTS for a second. <clears throat> Hello and welcome back to USBR Guest Cybersecurity Tips. I'm Theo here to help you break down cybersecurity news and hacks and how they affect you. However, today, again, I'm I'm interviewing the Monospace Mentor, a CEO and CTO of their own managed web hosting business. We recorded the interview in an open Discord voice channel with video while monitoring chat with text-to-speech developed by Security Live. The Monospace Manor has a wealth of experience that I will attempt to draw on <laughs> from early beginnings, growth, and accomplishment. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to him. I also, uh, I send uh, people, uh, I interview a list of questions to answer, and the Monospace Manor did that, offering well-thought and candid answers. Find the uh, document linked on the episode page uh, on my GitHub uh, and uh, this is uh, this may be a little bit longer uh, than my normal format, so feel free to speed it up. Uh, thank you for listening and enjoy. Um, Joan, thank you very much for agreeing to do this interview. Um, the um, what I uh, well, actually, the first thing I want to ask you is behind you. Um, you've talked about like the things that you have behind you and I see keyboards. Um, I don't, if, if you've ever mentioned it, I've missed it. What What's in the bottom left corner with all, with the blinking lights there? <laughs> First of all, thanks for having me, Brad. That's, yeah. uh, it's a great opportunity and I, I love your stream and uh, happy to be here. Yeah, so um, the thing that's here right beside me is uh, a PIDP 11. The PDP-11 was a mini computer in, in the 1970s, and uh, Unix was actually uh, invented on one of these uh, PDP-11 mini computers. Back then, they had the size of at least uh, um, a huge uh, cabinet, if not a whole uh, wall of a room. Um, now, uh, this one is a little bit smaller because it's just a replica. Okay. Uh, as the name implies, it's uh, powered by a Raspberry Pi. But this uh, Raspberry Pi runs SimH, a software that simulates uh, historic operating systems. So I can actually run research Unix from 1975 on, on that machine um, and uh, try things out as they were back then. 
<laughs> wow. Very cool. Okay. Um, and you have other keyboards and things behind you too and books, I imagine. Is there anything else that you want to mention back there? Well, yeah, I uh, have a slight addiction to uh, collecting mechanical keyboards. Um, and uh, yeah, I love uh, keyboards that really um, feel right. And uh, since this is the thing that I interact with at least eight hours a day, mm -hmm. um, I uh, prefer having uh, very good quality keyboards. And uh, all of these keyboards, Birmingham with a few exceptions, I built myself. Um, he is a little quiet, sir. Via Just some custom group buys. Right that, tail. Uh, uh, Translated from Lithuanian. Yes, he's. Hold on one second. Uh, I'm going to stop and restart TTS. Connected to channel Theo. Because um, uh, they were letting me know that you were a little bit quiet. I turned you up. Um, I can also get a little bit closer to my microphone. Maybe that'll help. All right. We got to back up. Um, and I'm sure they'll tell me if you're if you're a little bit quiet again, but I think I think we're close for that time. Thank you. Okay. Um, again, I, we mentioned that I sent you the questionnaire and you went through and you answered it. So uh, what I'm going to do is I, I will put this on the uh, on the on the show's pages. But mm -hmm. what I wanted to ask you, I, I took a little notes. I, I went through it and they are amazing. I I have so many questions. But if you want to elaborate on something else in here, please. Please stop me. Um, of course. Okay. Um, so the first thing I want to say is when I asked you about who you are and your background, um, you what you said was that it, you have a constant fight between idealism, idealism, and pragmatism. Um, and and I, what I wanted to preface that with is that everyone is on their different path. So like I am on on a, I'm on a new career. I'm learning, I'm teaching myself stuff every day. Someone else may be just starting their journey somewhere. Somewhere, Some other people may be in between. So I don't have a full a grasp of just what you mean by when you say idealism and pragmatism. Can you explain that? Of course. Um, so Jess says, on one side, I, mean, I am an idealist. I, I, I uh, want to do Spectre good, says, and uh, he I'm, fine, I'm but wasn't very the same as uh, convinced and that open source software is the way to go, and that uh, now, information should be free, and all these things. <laughs> and uh, uh, then reality kicks in, and um, I realize, <laughs> okay, so for example, I um, only started my new teaching business, Monospace Mentor, recently, uh, basically uh, about one and a half years ago, and mm -hmm. I'm still in the startup phase. Um, and so I thought, yeah, um, I, I have benefited from open source software so much for decades now, and I've built my whole business based on open source software. So it's time to give back by for example, teaching. So I, I thought by myself, uh, yeah, I should have a, a free course offering. I should share my course scripts uh, for free and things like that. And um, then I start thinking, well, um, the whole impetus to, to start this business was to have something that I can do for the next one or two decades. And uh, so how am I going to make money if I share everything for free? <laughs> and um, mm -hmm. so... Uh, that's that's one point where I uh, guess I need to be a little bit more pragmatic if uh, <laughs> if my strategy is supposed to work out. Mm -hmm. But uh, on the other hand, 
I really want to be an, an active and contributing uh, member of the open source community. And so there's always uh, tried, I'm, I'm always trying to find a balance between mm -hmm. the two. I mean, and, and the same goes for day-to-day for -day business, of course. I'm very often driven by the word should. I should get this done and this should be done by tomorrow and we really shouldn't have this at all. And um, then I also need to remind myself that my day only has so many hours and that's, that there's there are other things than just work. Uh, and uh, mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, as I said, it's, it's a constant... Uh, rebalancing in this regard yep yep it is i do i, I do the same thing I'm, I'm i'm constantly you know balancing and and you know some days i lose the <laughs> i'm a little out of balance but uh yeah i agree with i agree with you and thank you for explaining that a little bit more um so uh you you also shared uh where you are geographically and that's mm -hmm. amazing thank you i i'm in the states um and you've moved around um uh, uh, just a little bit but uh, just an off-the-cuff question. Can you name a local food establishment uh, nearby in its signature dish? Or if you are if you're just cooking, you know, do you have a specialty? But Theo. Opposite. Raspberry Pi supercomputers. <laughs> Warning. I know. That's so, what I mean. If you um, want to say your specialty dish is fine. Um, no, uh, uh, I'm 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 based in Bray, which is uh, a little bit south of Dublin in Ireland. And uh, there's not much of of local specialties I am aware of, but mm -hmm. uh, if if you come to Bray, I'll probably take you to the uh, Martello Hotel because they have uh, really great uh, dishes for for lunch and dinner. Okay, very cool. Thank you. Um, so I loved your answer to age too. Uh, you're as old as Unix, <laughs> which is a, I'm well, basically epoch old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, a great answer, by the way, too. And um, can you, based on that life experience that you have, or do you, what do you do? You see, like any great, or I'm sorry, do you see a great parallel or difference uh, with what you see with IT over the years? Is there something glaringly that's like similar or glaringly like different that you see? Have you seen over the years? Over the whole span of time, I don't think <laughs> okay. uh, there's much of a difference. There are always topics that get hyped that uh, and, and other that uh, are declared dead. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only thing that changes is which topics these are. Mm -hmm. if, if it's, um, well, basic is dead and, and Pascal <laughs> is the future or uh, nowadays some kind of a JavaScript framework or right. a, a mm. specific Linux distribution. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think some some things never change in our industry. Yeah. That's a, that's a good answer. Yeah, there's there's a lot of hot takes. There's a lot of people. Uh, Rust is uh, being thrown around a lot now, or uh, Go even as well too. So, yeah, that's that's probably a good similarity that's uh, that's going on right now is is hot takes between framework or software. Yep. Um, you talked about your uh, you answered the questions about your education level, um, but you, you you went even deep deeper and, and you gave us a snapshot in time. So this is kind of like when you started programming to um, uh, after you had, had obtained your degree. Um, you talked about uh, some of these um, 
uh, computers, and I want to bring them up real quick so people can see them. So a VIC-20, which I'm not familiar with, so that's going to be interesting. Commodore 128. My, I had family member that had a Commodore 64, and all we did was play computer games on it. <laughs> so I didn't even know it could do anything Me else. <laughs> um, an Amiga and an 8386PC. So I'm going to look at the VIC-20 real quick on the screen. Okay, so this thing, all right, I remember something like this um, in, I think it would have been in grade school. Um, and I'm not sure, I can't even remember the monitor that came with it. So this was the first thing you had, and you said when you first booted it up, what, what had come up? With a basic prompt. Mm. Um, it booted right into BASIC. Uh, BASIC basically was the operating system of these machines. So the okay. VIC-20 has the same form factor as the C64 after it, mm -hmm. and uh, it just had less resources. Um, you the VIC-20 had actual 3.5 kilobytes of available RAM. Um, and uh, so uh, all this thing could do was basically uh, start with the basic interpreter and then you could st uh, load stuff either from a, a cassette tape, mm -hmm. which ran on normal audio tapes yeah. as a storage medium, or if you were uh, more wealthy, you might have had the, the floppy disk to, to connect to it. And then you had uh, uh, um, faster and uh, more ample storage for that. And uh, so it also came with a great manual because uh, you, you basically opened up the manual. It told you how to uh, power this thing up and connect it to your TV. Mm -hmm. um, it had an RF um, modulator that would uh, then be connected to your TV set. And um, yeah, uh, you, you switched it on. And a few seconds later, you had a prompt there telling you ready. Mm -hmm. With a blinking cursor and that's it yeah and then you could start uh programming and the the manual um took you from your first steps to the whole um basic language um it was basically a programming manual more than anything else how about that the underneath the keys and i'm just noticing this now what what are those symbols these are uh, basically uh, graphical uh, characters. You, you could use them to to build some kind of a, a TUI, a text-based user interface. Okay. So you could put frames around your texts and uh, uh, do other things like that. Okay, cool. I, I did not know that. I just It just occurred to me now when I was looking at that thing. Um, so uh, I'm, f I'm familiar with the Commodore one, uh, 64. Uh, I imagine it, it looks similar to to the 128 but the i wanted to ask you about the uh, uh or no were you going to say something about the commodore 128 the, the 128 was basically the evolution so of the 64 it had a c64 built in and um, it had uh, more features that oftentimes didn't get used because i guess most people who use the 128 went straight into c64 <laughs> mode to play games um but you, for example you could actually um attach a, a real green screen screen monitor mm -hmm. to it and that then had 80 um columns of of text okay um uh, back in in that time only the professional machines had that usually an, an 80 column an 80 by 24 i think uh, screen um, so the 128 was quite um, capable in that way, but uh, I don't think many people used that in, uh, yeah. from the get-go. 
Yep. The uh, you were mentioning about the tapes on the on on the other one, and looking back, we had one. It was uh, it was a, a tape recorder that you connected to the to the side of the of the Commodore sixty four. And uh, looking back, like all the things that we had to do to get this thing to boot was was pretty complicated for for what we were doing back in the day. Um, it's just it's just amazing when uh, when you look back uh, and you think mm-hmm. about those things. Um, you had an Amiga. Go ahead. Just a comment on the on the uh, PDP eleven. Uh-huh. Um, the VIC twenty at least had some software running when you switch it on. The PDP eleven, the this mini computer that cost tens of thousands of of dollars in the early seventies, uh, <laughs> didn't have any software when you switched it on, and that's why it has these many switches on it because you had to input the bootloader program <laughs> in machine code. <laughs> manually if you had to switch the machine off and on again um and only then it would be able to read the operating system or some software from a paper tape or something like that but when you switch this machine on it came on dead without any software it couldn't do anything um until you actually toggled in uh, a few um lines of machine code uh, to to make it at least be able to read a paper tape or something. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, again, when you think back, I mean, when you look at how custom computers and and how I mean, a lot of times you just can turn them on and then you write into a browser and you log into a couple services. It's it's amazing looking back how complicated uh, they were to just just to use and just uh, to get moving. I guess, yeah. <laughs> This is the uh, this is the Amiga. This is the next one that you had. Uh, did you have the diskette drive? Those look like this is pretty much the the setup I I oh, had without the external floppy. Okay. Um, the the Amiga five hundred had a, a little floppy um, on the right this. side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can so see the, the notch uh, on the right side. That's the floppy drive. Upset there. Um, yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I had the monitor with it, but that was all I had. I mm-hmm. don't, didn't have any, uh, additional peripherals. Okay. I think, um, no, I didn't even get a printer until I got the PC, I think. <laughs> uh, you know what? I want to check real quick. How are you? Okay. Or how are you on time? Uh, we slotted about flexible. Okay. All right. If we were going to butt up against something, that would be my fault, and I want to make no sure we hit that big nope. stuff. All right. Um, so you also talked about um, the bo- all the books that you consumed um, uh, when you were younger. Um, what what did you do with them? Was it just reading, and you were able to just absorb it? Were you doing line by line code? Were you reproducing? Were you making your own projects? What were you doing with all that knowledge that, uh, when you were that young? I was always so curious, and uh, I, I think I uh, never stopped doing that. Um, and uh, even before I got my first home computer, I, I scoured the local library and got all the books about computers they had. And many of them were professional books like software engineering practices and things like that. So I, I don't think I understood half of it, but uh, um, I was a voracious reader and uh, uh, I guess some of that at least stuck. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so I was able to to start developing software in a semi-professional way uh, quite early. And uh, I've always enjoyed programming um, for 40 years now. Okay. Um, so uh, 
you also talked about the projects that you developed. You developed a small payroll program, uh, accounting, and that was to help with your mom's job. Um, you developed, yeah, she, she was yep. working as a kind of a secretary uh, on the side, um, and she did payroll accounting for a small construction company. And uh, so she had these huge books uh, with uh, basically tax tables. Um, and uh, it took a lot of time to do the, the payroll runs every month, I guess, okay. um, even though the, the company wasn't that big. And uh, so that was one of my first real projects to basically develop a uh, payroll or tax accounting software for her. Okay. Uh, for that specific task, it, it wasn't something that you would have been able to sell, but uh, it did tackle exactly what she had to do. And uh, it definitely helped her get uh, her done stuff, uh, her stuff done more quickly. Very cool. You did that, and that was it when you were eighteen. The some around that time, yeah. About that time, uh, the database application for managing engine maintenance cycles. <laughs> how, <laughs> how old were you when you when, that, when you did that? Uh, nineteen, I think. Uh, <laughs> shortly after that, um, so. Uh, my mom's main job was um, uh, uh, secretary at a nuclear power plant nearby, um, near our town. And um, so um, she was able to pull a few strings for me to get something like uh, summer jobs um, during, during vacation time and things like that. And um, first I did Engine normal cycles. summer job stuff shown. like uh, filing invoices into folders and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But um, uh, over time, um, it became known that I was into computers and into programming. So um, I got to do a little bit more programming. Maybe I saw something that uh, the, the department where I was in at that time was doing. And I, I sat down and, and in, in a few hours hacked something together to, <laughs> to simplify that job or something. So um, uh, I uh, had, uh, when, when I, after finishing high school in, in Germany, you have uh, normally you have either mandatory military service or you could do a so, uh, so social services instead. Mm -hmm. um, I did military service. And uh, it was scheduled for 18 months, but um, during that time, it got shortened to 12 months. Okay. Um, and uh, so when I was um, dismissed early, um, I had a little bit of time, a few months time, until I was able to start uh, college. And um, so uh, my mother got me an, uh, another job um, outside of, of summer jobs. That was something specifically for me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and... Uh, so I got to um, spend a few weeks writing a specification for um, an engine maintenance application. Okay. So um, back then, um, engine maintenance was still done on paper. You simply crossed off which engine got uh, maintained what and, and when they, they had their um, uh, check cycles and things like that. And of course, that was pretty tedious and error prone. And then they wanted to computerize that. And so I spent all this time to, to write the specification for mm -hmm. such an application. What are the, the data uh, formats, the data structures that need to be managed? What features does this application have to have and things like that? And um, when it turned out that I had a, li a little bit more time, um, 
they said, okay, um, your specification is great. How about you implement it? And uh, so I uh, <laughs> went ahead and, and bought myself a commercial database app, uh, library that mm -hmm. I could link with my application because now I needed um, uh, real database uh, management features mm -hmm. um, more than just writing and reading files. And um, uh, I implemented that. And uh, that was my first freelance job. Um, they, they had me do that um, into my my start in, into my first semester at college. Wow. Yep, that, that's pretty amazing. Um, along the lines of developing projects, because uh, like already, you know, in, in the uh, the first part of your of your of your career, your arc here, you're you're, you're developing projects like um, I'm baiting you a little bit because I say this I say this on stream a lot and I think you have a similar opinion but I I really think projects having the knowledge is one thing but I think projects helping you apply it is is critical to your learning do you, do you agree with that a little bit or do you disagree a little bit or how do you feel about projects with your development no I think uh, projects are mandatory to, mm -hmm. for for learning you need to to practice what you learn you need to uh, apply your learnings um, and uh, so for example if if we're talking about uh, system administration or um, cybersecurity something like having a, a home lab for example is something uh, everyone who wants to to do this professionally should have mm -hmm. where you can actually try things out um try uh, different types of encryption between systems, um, analyze network traffic between two machines, um, setting up s services that replicate from one machine to another, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, is just a completely different uh, level of learning in my, in, in my regard. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned that uh, uh, priesthood, you were thinking about doing uh, becoming a Catholic priest at one time. I say that <laughs> you don't even got to talk about it anymore. But my uh, uh, the, the Catholic school that I was going to uh, the nun there, Sister Sharon, actually great lady. Um, she asked, she she approached me too if I wanted to be a priest. No one in chat will believe that. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was that was a funny uh, a funny similarity between our uh, our lives there. So <laughs> yeah, I I got uh, I, I was uh, baptized Catholic. Um, nowadays I'm I'm, I'm I, I fall out of, I, I fell out hiding. of the faith. Mm -hmm. But um, um, back then, um, age nine, I became an altar boy, and uh, I actually. Uh, stayed with uh, that organization uh, mm -hmm. until I was 21 by that time leading the whole thing mm -hmm. um and uh, yeah that I guess that also um uh gets us back to the it's idealist side of myself mm -hmm. so the the Cardinal whole the Christian Let's go message Browns. and these Nikki. things uh, really really appealed to me and um mm -hmm. uh uh so that actually led to me being interested in again becoming a professional on in that industry <laughs> basically um and uh yeah but um love got in the way yeah. fortunately from uh, in in hindsight and um 
that's why I actually ended up studying computer science yeah. and not theology. Uh, that's that's uh, that's interesting insight. Thank you very much for that answer. Um, especially how just especially it, it was. Thank you for that answer. Uh, I I myself am am a practice vulnerability. I mean, I, I talk to people about. I'll talk to people about anything that they ask me. Um, and uh, thank you for that answer. That was that was very kind to you. Um, with regard to the system, you mentioned at the end, and, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to dig up, but system, the administration business that didn't work out. Is there something uh, there that you, that you learned from that? Because, I mean, like you're CEO, CTO of, of your own managed business now. Is there is there something that you, you you've taken from that experience that, that that didn't quite work out? Yeah, um, I I think the 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 main learning from that was um, uh, get clear on what your strengths and your weaknesses are. And my weakness is definitely all the back office stuff, all the paperwork, um, and uh, accounting and these things. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're not really uh, into that, mm -hmm. uh, my recommendation would be first get an accountant and when you can afford it, also get someone who does the whole back office stuff and okay. um, uh, dunning and all these things for you. Um, I didn't. And so mm -hmm. I kept spending money that I didn't have. And uh, at uh, one point, the bank came knocking and uh, I had to actually approach family and, and get mm -hmm. loans and all kinds of stuff to repay my debts because I, I simply had, um, again, the idealist side of me, um, built stuff, built my home lab and um, uh, bought compilers, uh, commercial compiler software and things mm -hmm. like that. And in the end, um, I didn't have the the jobs to show for it or the the uh, commissions from customers and things like that. And uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, there definitely was a lot of learning involved as well, but uh, I paid dearly for that for that learning. Sure, sure. No, I, and again, thank you very much for the candid uh, uh, open response uh, to that question. Uh, it, it, it's uh, I think it's important for people to see that like, there is, I, I've, I, I, I'll screw five things up today. You know what I mean? Um, I, I've made mistakes in the past too, and, and, and you have to learn from them and move on. Uh, so again, thank you for that, that open and honest answer. Yeah. Um, okay. So now moving on to like previous jobs, uh, I'm going to bait you again a little bit more because, <laughs> uh, you said that you went to a, uh, a conference at a Linux conference, you met a colleague who's an IT manager, and that led to one of your first, that was one of your first like job roles professionally, right? So uh, I had worked um, for a short time. I had worked as a, basically a web developer for one or two years. That was right after college. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't much to, to uh, write home for. Um, and uh so I was quite happy to get into something more Linux-based. And uh, so I became a SUSE certified Linux trainer. Mm -hmm. And that got me traveling a lot to either uh, training centers that were run by SUSE or partners of them. Um, or um, if it was, say, a, a training commission for a bigger company, then it would be at company headquarters directly without a training center involved. 
So I um, uh, got myself a nice car, again, spending money. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, without much thinking. And um, so I, I traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I was at that uh, local um, Linux conference and uh, uh, met a colleague from, from college. And uh, we, we talked what we were doing. And uh, so it turned out they were looking for someone who could basically even out um, skills and, and knowledge levels across the organization. So of course they had people who were very skilled and, and really senior in their roles, but also people maybe even on the same team that were far below that. And so uh, she was looking for someone who could basically get everyone to at least an average level of, of knowledge um, so in terms of system too, administration, even down to uh, Linux kernel programming. So having a basic understanding um, of how Linux works behind the scenes in terms of memory management, virtual file systems, things like that. And uh, uh, then databases, uh, relational model and, and all these things. Mm -hmm. So a really broad spectrum of, of topics, all somehow related to system administration, especially to system administration of a huge infrastructure. The company in question um, is one of um, Germany's biggest internet service providers. So mm -hmm. they had millions of customers um, and uh, running infrastructure for millions of customers, of, of course, looks uh, a little bit different than simply running a website for mm -hmm. just a few visitors. And so um, it was really important that everyone was on the same page about all these things. Um, also in terms of, for example, being ready to do on call when you get actually paged out of bed at 4 a.m. in the morning, no team around you and you need to make decisions. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, that was the goal. And um, I, I was all in. Um, that, that was another challenge, and I'm always driven by challenges. Mm -hmm. I lost that um, uh, web development job simply because I wasn't challenged. I got bored, and uh, every time I get bored, I do a shoddy job. And uh, so uh, they simply didn't renew my contract back then. But this time, <laughs> this was a huge challenge. I got uh, a stack of books about kernel programming mm -hmm. and database management on all these things and distilled them down into a curriculum that I then uh, taught um, at that organization um, over um, the span of about three or four months. Wow. How, in regards to teaching those people and all those different skill levels, how how did you work with all those different skill levels? Because I imagine you were getting different questions from different people based on mm -hmm. their experience. Can you talk about that a little bit? I guess there are two ways to deal with people who are already at the level you want them to be at the end of the course. You can either ask them to shut up <laughs> or you can try and integrate them and okay. make them uh, assistant teachers, basically. Okay. And that was, um, for the most time, the approach I took back then, um, uh, just to for them not to get bored mm -hmm. and uh, to be able to actually demonstrate their knowledge and maybe also um, turn it into something that someone who is not on that level can understand. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't know what I was, that just occurred to me. I don't know what answer I was expecting, but that was great. Thank you. <laughs> um, so 
uh, one thing I wanted to touch on, and you can you could you could tell as little or as much as you want about this, is the the, the dubious circumstances that uh, caused you uh, to not work there anymore. Yeah. So the the company um, I started as a trainer and then was um, hired to start a new team to run mission critical services um, got acquired. Um, after a few years, and um, I was promoted to a department head, leading three teams again um, with pretty uh, core services. Uh, I was actually my title was actually head of IT core services. Um, we we did um, the whole uh, database administration. We did backup system administration at a huge scale, um, and. Um, uh, we did uh, online payment services, including the whole PCI DSS dance. Mm -hmm. okay. And uh, so, uh, yeah, pretty important stuff. And um, I think shortly after that, my boss that also switched over uh, together with me um, basically got shit canned, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we got a new manager who basically came from the same company as our new CTO came from. Okay. And um, we never got along. Mm -hmm. um, this really didn't work between the two of us. Um, and I was not, wasn't alone in that. But um, so um, I was pretty dissatisfied. And I think that was the time when I started thinking about what I could do um, on my own again. Mm -hmm. Uh, so basically, what's what's nowadays called uh, quiet quitting. Um, now, my my wife had some some health issues at that time, um, and um, so we decided to to do a, um, a vacation um, at the North Sea, just okay. for its climate. And so we we went there um, for two weeks. And uh, then we came back, and I noticed after coming into the door that there were that there was an SMS from a colleague um, asking me to to call him, um, another department head, mm -hmm. um, and uh, looked at my emails, um, and there was an email from him as well um, asking me to call him, <laughs> and uh, so I thought, okay, it's it's eleven p.m., but uh, I guess I. I should call him before I get to back to work tomorrow. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so I did. Uh, he answered the phone and he told me, well, you might want to sit down. Mm. Last Friday, our boss presented your replacement. Oh my gosh. While you were on vacation. Yeah, that's awful. So I got myself a lawyer, went uh, uh, back to, to, to work, um, had a few conversations with my boss um, and uh, someone from HR. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow. a few days later, I, I left with uh, a few months of garden leave mm -hmm. and um, uh, also um, a nice uh, severance package yeah. uh, because that was... That. completely out of the blue and uh without any uh, advance warning or something mm -hmm. like that um the the reasoning my boss uh brought uh why he was uh, uh firing me basically was that i didn't address risks properly 
But the option he offered me um, was to take on another team lead job, mm -hmm. so a, a demotion basically. Um, uh, and uh, among these team lead jobs, he also offered me um, a, a team lead job as risk manager. So team to take the demotion, but then also take this risk. That do is a this risk job management this... job after getting getting demoted for not addressing <laughs> risks. <laughs> yes. Okay. They yeah. asked me to another week simply to um, basically um, onboard my replacement, mm. who who already was on uh, uh, a member of our department. Um, so I agreed to stay on for another week. Mm -hmm. Then realized that that person uh, had taken this week off. And so I, I spent another. Um, to learn to swim. Uh, yeah, I spent this week basically uh, 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 circling my thumbs. Yeah, and, really. Uh, and uh, then I went home and started to build uh, the business that I'm now leading after 13 years. Interesting. And again, uh, thank you for the story, for the open and honest story. That's uh, that's uh, it's almost unbelievable. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, so, uh, well, I, I guess I, I'm moving into more baiting. So we talked about, we already talked about projects. I don't think we get, I don't think we got to like beat that up anymore. But um, I guess in regards to projects, like you talked about a few things that may be a little too technical. And I know they were just examples. And they may be too technical for just some people just getting into it. If you could go back and think about some of those first projects that you worked on, is there anything now that's similar that you could say that like someone just getting into it, easing into coding or networking or something that, that, they, that they could look at? Yeah, definitely. Host your own website. Gonna Host your own website. That's, that's so important from, from, from many angles mm -hmm. um, because... Uh, not only does it give you a lot of skills and uh, you, you learn a lot by things breaking or by breaking things, um, and uh, you can do whatever you want. You can add databases, you can add any bells or whistles that you'd like. Um, but also um, from an indie web uh, perspective, being um, in control of your uh, own presence on the internet is, is a, a good thing. Being able to um, decide with uh, which ISP you're going to go, with which uh, hosting company you're going to go, things like that. Um, not um, being dependent on some kind of corporate overlord mm -hmm. to uh, who, who can basically delete you from, from the internet on a whim. Mm -hmm. um, so there are lots of advantages. Um, and uh, running your own website isn't that hard. Mm -hmm. um, but it'll give you a lot of insight into the inner workings of the internet. Uh, at some point, you will have to deal with things like HTTP headers that will also be important if you get into cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, things like that, um, address uh, uh, management, mm -hmm. uh, routing, all these things. So... Uh, uh, that's definitely something okay. that I can recommend because that's how I started out as well. I uh, um, 
when I started my first uh, Earth-hosted website, um, the hosting provider I chose um, didn't have a data center or um, racked servers in there. What they had was basically an office that they had emptied and uh, stuffed full of shelves and put an AC on the wall. And so um, <laughs> when I decided to run my own uh, web Post server, own I got a little um, mini tower uh, PC, mm -hmm. 486.33 uh, with uh, Linux on it, put it into the trunk of my car, drove to the ISP, um, went into their hosting cubicle, put my <laughs> PC on the shelf. Um, they plugged in the network and, and power and off we went. And um, so uh, that's how I uh, got my first skills in, in web hosting. And yeah. uh, a little bit later, uh, <laughs> I'm running with my business uh, hundreds of Linux servers and high performance websites that uh, uh, we, we, we serve millions of web requests mm -hmm. per day. And uh, so uh, it all started with that little 486 mini tower in the back of my car. And you know what? I'm going to drive that point home if you don't mind. It all started with that computer that you had, that little server you had in, in the back of your car. It all starts somewhere. And if like if if you are watching or you're listening and you are thinking about doing something or you want to start somewhere, start with a website. Um, but just start. Um, all the projects or a lot of the projects that I started on were just like cobbled together pieces of this or that. Some of them still are. Um, but then you change them and you modify them and you make things better and you learn from it. Just just start. You can't you can't you can't get to those next steps unless you start. So, yeah, <laughs> choose a web hosting provider, get a VPS somewhere and uh, install the web server of your choice and um get going and uh make your own experiences very cool um we talked a little bit about network uh because of the conference but how important do you think uh networking is linkedin uh, you know discord in person you know face to face you know is one more important than the other is is doing some of them you know you know what are your thoughts on those Networking is such a loaded word. Um, mm, mm -hmm. Sometimes it just means you have to mingle with people at at some networking event <laughs> where you exchange business cards and, mm -hmm. and basically waste your time mm -hmm. and anyone else's too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, of course, there are uh, also better opportunities. I think um, there's a much better term, and that's relationships. Mm -hmm. Building relationships will always be a part of a professional career. Um, relationships with your team, with your boss, um, with your customers, uh, but also um, relationships with um, other industry professionals um, who might get you onto their stream and interview <laughs> you. Um, uh, relationships with your community on your own discord server things mm -hmm. like that i think are really really valuable i i think you can't actually put a value on them mm -hmm. um because uh you never know what happens someone might be able to open a door for you or um, recommend you somewhere um where you would have never 
had any opportunity to get there yourself. And uh, so uh, I don't really like that um, that uh, image of the lone IT guy sitting in their basement mm -hmm. and, and hacking away um, because uh, those people usually don't have much success mm -hmm. um uh it's success is more often than not built on on relationships and um if you for example become a manager then all the more um you need to have some kind of relationship with the people you work with otherwise mm -hmm. you won't succeed as a manager either and um so that's something that everyone can actually practice by being part of a community mm -hmm. by um, being a, a contributor to an open source project by being active um, in a Discord server, things like that. That doesn't require much, um, uh, even for people like me. I'm, I'm really introvert. Um, I, after um, socializing, I need hours or maybe even a day to, to recharge my <laughs> batteries. But um, uh, it's definitely worth it because these relationships ease... Uh, I think what success is built upon. It's it's actually um, the core of the business model of my company. We um, don't do things much differently from our competition. We run Nginx servers, Apache servers. Um, since we are specialized in, in running Drupal and WordPress, we mm -hmm. run PHP. Um, that's all the same as every other hosting provider uh, as Just well. Choose your the thing is, well. Um, we tend to foster Mi relationships Mika with our Beth. customers, uh, even though that limits our growth, uh, the, our growth rate at mm -hmm. least, um, because it's so hands-on. Um, we have loyal customers. We have customers today that started with us more than ten years ago. Wow! And you can't tell me that they didn't see oh. um, any other offer. Mm -hmm. uh, that was uh, cheaper than us mm -hmm. or maybe more modern than us or something like that. But um, I think loyalty is not um, uh, about uh, uh, staying with you blindly, but staying with you even though there are cheaper offers, there are other alternatives mm -hmm. that might seem more enticing and people still stay with you for other reasons. And for us, uh, that reason is relationships. We have, uh, we share Slack channels with our customers. We don't hide behind a ticket system or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, we act basically as the the external IT team for our customers. And um, on the other hand, I actually also um, terminated contracts because we didn't get along with the customer. We didn't <laughs> get to that relationship. Wow. And mm -hmm. um, I went and told them, um, we we tried for a long time and it never really worked out it did it mm -hmm. um we always um get into arguments on tickets and uh, you don't seem happy with us so i think it's best if we if you simply uh, look for someone else mm -hmm. and maybe i even recommended someone to them and, and said maybe you'll be more happy with them sure. than, than with us but uh this is not a working relationship and uh <laughs> So uh, I actually uh, actively canceled uh, contracts with customers. Wow. Yeah. That can't be a hard, uh, that can't be a good uh, conversations, but you, uh, I agree 110, 110% uh, with you uh, about relationships. I'm, I'm glad you said that about building relationships because I'll use networking. I'll, uh, I'll say that a lot, um, but 
your the phrase of building relationships is far more um, is far more important um, than networking because 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 I'll tell people you know in, engage with content engage with people on LinkedIn or or you know be you know be in a community uh, contribute to a GitHub um, but it, it's more about the just like liking posts or um it's more than uh um it's more than just the obligatory social media um response it is it's genuinely uh engaging respectfully questioning you know understanding other people's uh um point of view or or, or talking to them and and getting to know them and building relationships. So I agree with you. Thank you for, thank you for that uh, phrase. Um, along that too, what can you, can we talk about, uh, cause you also answered the question about the importance of stepping out of your comfort zone. Um, I struggled with this for a long, a long part of my life. Um, I, I don't, I don't like to be uncomfortable. I don't think anyone really likes to be uncomfortable, but it's it's essential to your learning. It's essential to your growth. Um, uh, you answer the question, but is there anything else you want to say about that, about being outside your comfort zone and learning, growing? I think be, stepping outside your comfort zone doesn't have to be that big of a deal. It just means that uh, you basically... Uh, kick your ass a little bit and uh, your own ass a little bit and uh, uh, do something that gives you resistance. Um, there's there's a great book uh, called The War of Art. Not to be confused with the other um, old mm -hmm. um, Chinese book. Um, and uh, I think the, the author's name is Jason Pressfield. Mm -hmm. And he talks about resistance and resistance is what keeps you from from being more successful and from from actually reaching your goals and uh uh so that's basically the same thing as getting outside of your comfort zone basically just getting over that resistance um that for example kept me from starting my stream sometimes i sat in front of a fully loaded obs and everything was running and all I had to do, press uh, stream, and I didn't. Mm -hmm. I was Same. afraid, um, may, what if nobody uh, visits the stream and I'm mm -hmm. talking to myself? What if, if I screw up? Uh, I didn't think of a topic in advance. What am I even going to do today? Um, all these things. Um, and uh, it's that resistance that mm -hmm. uh, needs to be, be conquered and... Uh, I really, I mean, you, you might sh share the same experience. Absolutely, I do. Uh, often when I overcame this resistance and start, actually did start my stream mm -hmm. and started doing something, people popped in, we had a great chat, mm -hmm. I got stuff done, and I ended the stream really happy and satisfied and told myself, you would have been such an idiot if you didn't, uh, if you hadn't uh, pressed stream today. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's uh, the main thing about getting outside your comfort zone. It doesn't mean do stuff that you can't do or that you are certain to fail. Mm -hmm. um, it just means overcome this resistance and, and make new 
experiences and experience yourself being successful in stuff that you are doing for the first time or, or that you uh, were um, not even aware that you could do. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely have struggled with that. The, the first few months it was just me and maybe one other person and i think it was i was i think it was doing bandit over the wire over the wire bandit uh which is a small ctf um learning uh, learning python but i i've met all kinds of uh, great people I've, I've met you i mean i've met all kinds of uh, great people um just streaming um but then also there's there's and and this and again this is uh, this is what I'm talking about being outside your comfort zone like it's it's a very vulnerable thing to sit in front of a camera for one or two people and uh, or 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 thirty or 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 thousands and you are you're working on stuff I'm working on stuff um, I'm not sure if you ever I'm not sure if you watched me uh, over it was that was just over a year ago it was like November I built my first server. I did it all on stream. I had to get Nick cards. I had I had to get a new Nick card for it. I had to get drives for it. I spent probably and this is the this is the embarrassing part and the vulnerable part. Two hours because my server didn't recognize or wasn't picking up the drives, and I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I, I didn't have power power plugged into them. <laughs> Can relate. Exegete says, "Great people and a bunch of trolls." But if you don't, if, if you don't, even if it's even if no one's watching, if you're not doing, if you're not uh, growing and doing these things, um, um, you know what? What are you doing? Um, uh, moving on to the next one. I asked you uh, what your employer's expectations were. Uh, I, I I didn't mean to insult you, but the employee that you that you were <laughs> that you're not your your own, your own boss. But um, what? Yeah, can you talk about your your key expectations because th those are those are great as well. People often ask me what um, they should focus on to to say get a junior role somewhere or something. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what I tell them is what I would expect from someone I uh, was about to hire as well. And that is, uh, be curious. Mm -hmm. um, IT is such a huge spectrum today um, that can be maintaining all the printers in your company. If you are working at a huge pharma company or something like mm -hmm. that, they might have a dedicated printer administrators. <laughs> right. um, but it also can mean developing web applications or running the infrastructure at, at Amazon or something like mm -hmm. that. So um, I don't think uh, you can um, easily bring all the skills that your new employer is going to need. Um, Maybe except if you just switch from uh, your own company to the competition who does the exact same st uh, stuff, then you might actually fit in very well. But um, other than that, you'll always have to learn on the job. You'll have to get new skills. Maybe your previous company ran Apache as a web server and uh, your new company is going to run Nginx or something like mm -hmm. that. So you need to familiarize yourself with that. Um, and um, so... Uh, Employers can't expect everyone to 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 bring everything to the table that they are going to need at uh, in in their future role. 
Um, but uh, what they can expect is someone to be able to pick things up quite quickly and uh, within a reasonable time at least and um, uh, become proficient in what they need to do within, say, the first few months uh, on the job. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think um, I value being able to learn <clears throat> much higher than uh, bringing a, a huge body of experience and skills that might not even be necessary for the job. Um, I, of course, um, they might have taught the person something that they then can, on an abstract level, that they, they can then apply in practice on, on in their new role. But um, yeah, I think curiosity and be, being able to pick up new stuff, even if you think you have learned already a lot, um, uh, really is something that mm -hmm. uh, I can't do without as an employer. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then I guess we'll, we'll get back to relationships. You need to be able to work within a team, mm -hmm. especially since, for example, my company was remote first from the get-go. I told myself, um, we are going to run servers in some distant data center anyway, and I don't see why we would have to have an, a central office um, where everyone would have to commute to uh, every day just to sit in front of a computer mm -hmm. uh, that's connected to an internet connection. Uh, we can have that already uh, at home. So uh, back in 2010, when I started the company, it was already designed as a remote-first company or remote-only company, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and um, <clears throat> you need to be able to to work with your team um, in in and... Uh, that's even more important in a remote setting where people can't just pick up what you just did um, or where you can quickly tell people over lunch what you just did. Mm -hmm. You need to write that down. Um, you need to document stuff. Um, you need to know when to ask other people, maybe uh, if, uh, if it's okay to do something. I'm about to reboot this machine. Is that okay? Or is someone working on that at the moment? Or... Um, <clears throat> There are two options that I, that I can choose from um, when uh, while I'm developing this uh, this application. Uh, what do you think? Uh, uh, which which option would be better for us in the future? Mm. Things like that. Um, being able to harness the the strengths uh, within your team is something that I really uh, value highly as well. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Um, I asked you about hours too. Um, and, and, and again, that was because, uh, I've been talking to people that, you know, aren't running their own company, but can you, can you speak a little bit to like, like work life balance? You already talked about that a little bit, but, um, how, you know, uh, you know, how do you strike that? I guess, you know, do, uh, do you, you know, how do you talk to, you know, do your employees to tell you about what, what they require, what they need? Like, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. Over time, I had to realize that burnout is real, and um, even though I, as a business owner, I was always uh, in control of my own schedule, of course, I, I tended to overwork myself, and uh, sometimes out of necessity, because mm -hmm. something was, the, the, some system was burning, and uh, we needed to do something about that, even if it took us 24 hours mm -hmm. on, on end, but... Um, uh, sometimes I just wanted to get things done and, and get out of the door. And so I, I worked myself to the brink or beyond the, uh, of burnout. And um, so nowadays I'm much more aware of uh, not um, overdoing things. And um, uh, I think 
doing less something uh, allows you to do more in terms of quality and things like that. Uh, so I try to uh, aim at something like a 35-hour uh, week, maybe 40, but not go beyond that. Usually, um, in, in the business we are in, where we have to do on-call stuff and manage incidents, sometimes you have to, mm -hmm. to uh, put in a, a lot more hours, but uh, that should be um, uh, a rare uh, occasion. And um, also, uh, there should be recovery time after that. So, for example, if I had to get, uh, get up at night to, to take care of something, then I get to sleep in or not even uh, work on that day. So I get the day off or something like that. And I would do that, of course. Uh, that applies to, to everyone on the team. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, uh, I guess health uh, as well as uh, so physical health and mental health um, yeah. uh, still are under talked mm -hmm. about um, in in our industry. But at least it gets uh, talked about. Uh, it's mm. not that much of a stigma anymore to say, okay, um, I had burnout, or um, uh, for example, um, uh, last. Uh, fall, I actually started uh, getting therapy um, simply to have someone who I can talk about um, my struggles to to mm -hmm. uh, get a balance into my schedule. Um, again, the idealist. I want to do everything. I want to run a great business uh, with Monospace Mentor. I also want to launch another uh, great business, uh, but I'm also husband and father, so I want to have a great family. Mm -hmm. And uh, then um, there's uh, that Steam Deck I bought, and I want to have some <laughs> some game time as well. Of course. Um, um, uh, someone told me I need to sleep as well, so that takes time as well. So, <laughs> so. Um, uh, juggling all these plates and 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 meeting all these self-imposed goals, I mm -hmm. guess, um, is a challenge. And uh, I decided, well, our customers come to us because they want professional help with their hosting. Um, why don't I get professional help with mm -hmm. um, getting my life in order? Mm -hmm. And um, that I did, and, and it helped me greatly. Uh, having someone to talk things through um, was such a tremendous help and uh, did get me on, on, on a, a better trajectory. It's still work in progress, but uh, I'm, I'm really happy how far I've come so far. Good, good. That's again amazing. Thank you very much for the open, honest answer. And and I think everyone does. I know I do too. I I, I struggle with uh, I struggle with uh, eating habits. I struggle with exercise. I struggle with I, I struggle with some of my studies too. And and uh, having someone to talk to about those things and and when whatever that looks like is uh, is important. Uh, so. Uh, um, definitely, I agree with you there too. Uh, and and we're just, this this is about the last question. Unless you have something for me too, uh, you you mentioned I asked you what advice you wish you had when you'd started on your path, and you said do one thing at a time and do it right. Um, so when I read that, <laughs> I can literally like barely count on one hand like how many things that I'm trying to juggle. Um, so. Is it is it a juggling thing that you're talking about, or is it like when you're when I'm focusing on one of the five things I'm focusing on, which is not a good sentence? <laughs> you know, like what? Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, I guess it's it's just uh, about focus. Um, 
don't try and multitask because that's there's no such thing almost impossible <laughs> um uh but dedicate uh, a specific amount of time to a specific topic at a time mm -hmm. so um what i've started uh, last year and will continue doing this year is um time boxing where i say okay um it's it's similar to what you do um with your whole um uh calendar where you have specific times that you use for learning and streaming, specific times that are reserved for family, specific times that mm -hmm. are professional work, um, all these things. And, um, and when you are in one of these slots, focus on the topic at hand and mm -hmm. don't think about what's com coming next. Right. And uh, 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 just do the one thing and do that right and when 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 the bell rings then switch and um then you're the family man or something like that mm -hmm. um don't try to to do everything at the same time um that's something that i still uh don't get 100 percent right yeah. but uh yeah it's definitely a work in progress yeah yeah it's definitely something to strive towards definitely um Another uh, recommendation that I only thought about uh, or thought of after uh, submitting my, my answers was um, be really careful when you hire friends. Oh, I did that in the past mm -hmm. um, simply because someone was looking for a job and I was uh, looking for a hire. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, I try to make that work. Um, but uh, it comes with so many um, complications uh, that I'm nowadays I would be really, really reluctant to to mix friendship and work mm -hmm. because uh, it's all the harder to criticize people. Um, it'll be a strain on your uh, personal relationship, even though it's it, it might be perfectly valid professional critique. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, if something happens like it happened to me when um, one of our biggest customers um, canceled their um, contract and we were actually not able to meet our budget anymore. So we had actually to let go uh, of people. And uh, uh, one of them uh, happened to be one of my friends that I had hired um, two years earlier. And uh, yeah, so that was just twice as hard to to tell them we we simply can't uh, meet payroll anymore and so we we have to terminate your contract um, yeah. I'm, I'm terribly sorry but uh, there's no way we could uh, continue your contract without putting the whole business in jeopardy mm -hmm. and um so uh, that was a really tough time on sure. everyone and uh, that could be easily avoided if uh, your um, business relationships are a little bit more separate from your personal relationships. Okay. Yeah. Again, thank you for that, uh, uh, that open and honest answer. I, I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine having, having disagreements with friends about which football team is superior is hard enough. I can only imagine. <laughs> so your friend, you working for some of your friend or your friend working for you and haven't had that conversation. So thank you again for that. Um, I don't have any other questions. I tried to think a couple uh, more, um, but I wanted to thank you, Joan. Thank you very much for uh, coming on. Uh, this is going to be on USBR Guest. I'll, I'll have it on the, the Twitch as a, as a highlight, and I'll put it on YouTube. Um, we'll include your answers. Um, 
thank you so very much for for your time and and your open and honest answers. I I can't I can't I I've even leaned on you and asked you for help for uh um we were troubleshooting my uh my VPS um as well. So thank you very much. You know. I had a blast. Thank you for having me. Sure. All right.